Hi, I'm Mike Hatton, and for over 20 years, I've been in a management role that saw me working with other managers from entry level up to and including the C-suite. The experience gained have positioned me to help many other leaders manage the stresses of not having enough time at work, not having enough family time, neglecting their health, and many other challenges magnified by the recent pandemic. I founded Human Cornerstone Facilitations, LLC in 2008. It was based on the need to help managers improve their productivity and that of their team. I would like to show you the roadmap to becoming a great leader by harnessing your team's strengths. Welcome to my show, Cornerstone, where the foundations of leadership begin. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we're filming another episode of episode of my show. It's called Cornerstone. Thank you for watching. Uh, as usual, I highlight people who have shown uh, a great uh, degree of success in the business world, and today's guest is no different. She is an airline captain at one of the world's largest airlines. She flies the Boeing 767, the Boeing 757. She has been an instructor on that airplane. Uh, she's trained it's safe to say a few hundred pilots to fly the airplane. She's even trained other instructors to teach those people. Uh, like all of us, she's faced adversity. She'll tell us about that. She has uh, used her time during that period of adversity that go to Kellogg Business School, and she got her master's degree in business. Uh, she's an incredible person. She became an entrepreneur after that. She is the co-founder of a company called VTR. I'll let her explain about that. We've got a surprise for you about that show. I think you'll, uh, about that company. I think you'll like that. And without any more uh, ado, I will introduce to you Captain Evie Cormick. And Evie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. It's so great to be here with You're you welcome. today. It's been a long time. You and I have known each other for many, many years. Worked Full disclosure. Together. Uh, Evie and I have worked together. We co-facilitated uh, groups of uh, large groups of people, classroom safety training, leadership training. And uh, so go ahead, Evie. Yeah. So, you know, the, the whole leadership thing, it's, it's a common thread throughout my career and life, really. Um, I'm, I was born in, in Greece and came here with my parents very young. So when I was 13 in the schools, we had an assignment, which, set, which was, I thought, the silliest assignment ever. Go talk to somebody doing a job that you think you cannot do. And I'm like, oh, that's so easy. I wow. will go to the airport and interview a pilot because everybody knows only men become pilots and specifically military men are the only ones that become pilots. So I went to the airport, interviewed that, that uh, flight instructor. I had a million questions and he said to me, I remember I'm 13, I'm at the airport. My mother is in the parking lot. I said, mom, 20 minutes tops. And he said, you know, I have a lesson. Do you want to come along? And I said, absolutely. So I jump into the airplane with two strange men. <laughs> and that's how I caught the aviation now, bug. did your mother go with you? No, my mother had no What did she think idea. at seeing her 13-year-old daughter jump in the airplane with two she men and leave see. the earth? She did not see. After about 45 minutes, she walked. I, I didn't, I was so excited. I didn't even tell her. She walked into the training facility after about 45 minutes and she says, so my daughter, she came here talking to somebody. The lady says, yeah, she went out flying. She says, oh, no, no, no. My daughter, she has long brown hair. She's 13. She says, yeah, she went flying in the, in the airplane. She's like, no, 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 no. 
<laughs> couldn't believe it. I don't, you know, it was one of those surreal moments in my life where we landed and I said, I need to do that. And there's no reason I can't. This guy just told me. So I, I didn't know this part of the story about Abby. I've known her for a long time. And so now I can see you had that self-confidence that 13 years old. And by the way, this smile that you see, uh, you see this during adversity, no matter what's going on or anything. This is uh, truly, truly one of the, the greatest leaders, one of the most successful people. And you'll find out about that as we go through that I know. So you're out flying now. So I'm out flying, you know, became, a, a, got my private, decided, you know, if anyone has seen the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, you know my family. And it's a wonderful place to be. And, you know, initially it didn't go over well when I said I wanted to fly airplanes. And why was that? And so you're dealing with a patriarchy, right? Okay. And I could have, the, here's your 13-year-old beboppy daughter saying, I want to go fly airplanes, you know? Had never, I may as well have said, hey, Dad, I'm going to dig a hole to China. And that would have been the same, <laughs> the same impossible idea, right? So um, after it was proven, he was my first passenger. After I got my private pilot's license, my family was my biggest supporter. And, you know, today I have my own family. I have three children, an amazing husband. And the, the fact that I have done so many things in my life is not me. It's that, really. And um, it's, it's really special to have such support okay. in life. That's that's really great. So now you've got your licenses uh, as an airline, as a pilot, an aspiring airline pilot. You have to put in your dues, build flight time. So you had a journey probably through a couple of other places that a were interesting. I'm absolutely. sure. Absolutely, I flew for. I was a chief pilot at a flight school. I flew charters. I flew corporate. I I flew uh, regionals. And in 1997. I was hired by Continental Airlines and I was living the dream. I was flying to all sorts of beautiful countries, destinations that some of them I'd never even heard of. For example, I was based in Guam when I was first hired and I said, um, not sure where, where's Guam? <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody point it, point, point to it on a map, please. And I was living the dream is what pilots say. Until one day, you're not. And in um, about six years ago, I was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer, breast cancer. And I was living in Houston at the time, literally 2.6 miles away from MD Anderson. So I got the best care available. Uh, for about nine months, I was getting treatment. My Greek mother and father didn't leave my side. Friends, family, neighbors, acquaintances, they all shaved their heads in solidarity. <laughs> it was so Even, funny. That was the interesting I, part of the story to me. You know, your, I know your husband did it, Jay. I know her husband. Mm -hmm. um, your brother did it. My but both you brothers. told me that the neighbors up and down the street in the yes. community shaved their heads yes. to support you. Yeah, it was That's really a testament funny. to what people think of you. And uh, I, 
you know, one of um, my dear friends set up, set up a uh, food train during that time. I had food in my freezer for, <laughs> for a year. It was amazing, the outpouring of support, you know. And since then, I realized it's just a little bit of help from somebody goes a long way. So my goal was to get back to flying. I never thought something like this would ground me. I was, I ran marathons, half marathons. I did relay races with my airline team. I was really the picture of health. So when the diagnosis came down, I just said, yeah, no, doc, you got the wrong person. Can't possibly be me. But uh, we systematically got through all of that. And I was back to flying about three years later. If I can just take a second and offer a little context to the audience. When something like this happens to a pilot, the FAA, the things they make you do to return to flying is incredible. And I'm going to say, and you stop me and you can add to this if you want. There were probably numerous reports you had to show. You had to have waiting periods. You had to have scans, uh, all kinds of things like that. So it's an incredible amount of work just to get your medical license back to return to flying. Would that be a safe uh, thing to say that happened to you? Absolutely. And and during, I have a three-ring binder that's this thick, right? And right. I would say to my oncologist, so yeah, now I need this. Now the Federal Aviation Administration wants to see this. And she'd say... Nobody does that. Okay, let's do it. Let's do that too, you know? So it was an incredible support from MD Anderson as well. But the entire time I thought, you know, I want to go back to work, but I wish I could get into a flight deck mm -hmm. to just kind of review in my head all of the experiences and knowledge I had. And um, 22 years before I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I wanted to get my MBA and life happened. And so during that time, I went back to Kellogg, Northwestern's Kellogg School of Management and did so. And that's where this idea for this corporation was born. You told me when we, uh, when we talked before the show that this time was such a small part of your life that you beat it and you finished it and you moved on, but you wanted to use that time as an opportunity for something to turn this into a positive. And so that's when you decided to use it to get your MBA that that's you just right. told me about. That's right. When I went for my interview at Northwestern, I was completely bald. I wore a wig and, at the interview and um, you know got through all of that okay, but when I started, my hair was, you know, about a, a, it was just coming in and it changed color for some reason. It was gray when it was coming in. So <laughs> that's a joke, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got it. Okay. So, <laughs> the, uh, that's funny. So, uh, you know, that whole experience, I, I, I wasn't sure that I would be up for it. But it was because of it that I got stronger. That's great. So while you're there, you start thinking about next steps. So you start thinking about starting a company. 
Yep. And you're the co-owner, you're the founder. Co-founder. Co-founder, I'm sorry. Co-founder, owner, CEO of uh, VTR. Why don't you tell us about that, what VTR means and uh, your your vision for the company? That's a... That's funny. No pun intended. (laughs) You'll know why. So, uh, VTR is Visionary Training Resources. And what we do is we provide simulator-ready pilots. What that means is when a pilot gets hired at an airline, they're already a pilot, but they need to be trained in a specific airplane before they go, as you know, Mm -hmm. take passengers out. This is a pre-training for them. There's many menial tasks that pilots do from memory, rote memory, that they need to have down cold before they get into a $20 million simulator. And that's what it does. It pre-trains them. Not only does it pre-train them well, it pre-trains them so they all know the same thing. So they're standardized, which is a big issue in aviation. Standardizing those pilots so that when you fly with somebody new, you know what to expect. And you know that they're going to do it the way they're supposed to be doing it. So my... um, it was, it was almost like my insecurity of, oh my goodness, I'm going to go back to fly airplanes after all of these years and I haven't been in a flight deck, came to a precipice with Northwestern's MBA and VTR came out of it. So as we were preparing for the show and talking about it back and forth, uh, Yesterday, I'll say that uh, one of my additional duties when I was a fleet training manager uh, at the airline with Evi was I managed interns. And I keep in touch with some of those interns. I've mentored them, coached them, helped them with interviews, helped them get, get jobs. I got a text while we were talking yesterday morning or just before we talked from one of those interns who just got hired at a major airline. And he's training the old way. And I'll let you talk about the old way. But he's telling me that he got all these posters in his hotel room. He sent me a picture. He's got these posters uh, taped to the wall, taped to his refrigerator so he can study these switch positions. And I'm telling him about the interview coming up with uh, this virtual uh, reality company. And his comment to me was, I can't believe that. He said, that would be wonderful to have. He said, looking at these posters, there's no context. Uh, what I see on the screen doesn't match the switch position. They never change. He said, it's just rote learning. There's no comprehension or higher levels of learning other than rote. And um, so he was just telling me how wonderful he thought that would be. And he wished that they had that. So, Evie, you want to expand on that? Yeah, the, the, and that is exactly it. Here's, you know... The issue of having a flat panel that doesn't move and doesn't do anything, the the knowledge doesn't really transfer into the real environment. Virtual reality is so immersive and you can train by instructor's voice. You can train somebody to look where they're supposed to look. We've never been able to do that in aviation and assure that they looked at it. I am going to go out there and say it's actually better training than we ever have had before. However, it's not there to replace a simulator. It's there to augment the training. It's preparation to have you better prepared when you arrive at the simulator. Exactly. And so 
what we have with, we call these things paper tigers that we put on walls and think of like a tiger scratching. That's the pilots trying to figure out what, what, to, what button to scratch next because nothing moves. Now we have a virtual tiger is what we've called it mm -hmm. and a virtual flight deck as well. So this, um, we're patent pending on a, a lot of flight decks, but what the audience doesn't see is that there are two airplanes in here with us, an A320 and a 737. And so there's an Airbus 320 and there's a Boeing 737. In that's right. And it's unlimited, really. That's something that training departments could adopt immediately. So what, what Ebby just described, the way with these paper tigers and things, is the way I trained. It's the way pilots have trained for 50, maybe 60 years, Even and they're more. training that way still. Mm -hmm. And imagine that with the technology that's available today, uh, many airlines haven't adopted this yet. So this is really, Ebby has positioned her company uh, as a trailblazer. She is a disruptor, trust me, let me tell you. <laughs> I've been called worse, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Not by me. Not, Not by, by me. Um, yeah, there's uh, everybody has their toe in the VR pond, and we are working very hard to find that first innovative airline that says, you know what? We're going to do it. We believe this. We believe in this. And I'm going to make a prediction here that in 10 years, there's not going to be any pilots trained without virtual reality. And these paper tigers will be in museums. They, and they will. Be of people they will be pointing and laughing at them like this is really what right, they use. Exactly right. Uh, that's just incredible. So um, you've assembled a team. I have an amazing team of 20. We just got done with the VTR kickoff in, here in Texas at a ranch. And it is, it was a, an incredible growth moment where, you know, we did sales training, we did direct, you know, company directional training, we did individual one-on-one -on -one touch points, an incredible opportunity. The talent that I have is not only pilots, right? I have plenty of pilots, you know, subject matter experts are very difficult to find. And I'm blessed to be able to, um, call a lot of them friends, right? And, but it's not just that, you need the IT, people with the IT background, you need people with accounting and, and you know, everything, finance, everything that an air, that a corporation needs in a startup, that's pretty difficult. We just finished our bridge round, which was a nice hefty bridge round and over 60% of the money that we raised goes directly into the headset for more development work. And uh, we're working on some pretty cool things coming up this year. I wanted to do a little bit of a product differentiator in VTR because as more and more um, people come into the marketplace, I want to make sure that it's understood that we didn't take a flight deck or two flight decks or three flight decks and put them in a headset. We built out a platform because of our internal knowledge of what airlines need. We started with a mobile device management solution. We have the hardware, we have the software, we have data, we have built pre-built in data hooks 
into that software and we are able to integrate into a company's learning management system. So that's a lot of things that need to come together. It's not just, oh, make a flight deck and stick it in a headset. There's not, to get the most value out of the platform, you need the whole platform. That's incredible. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so proud of the team. We're going to have a surprise for you at the end. Uh, we're going to do a uh, attempt a live demonstration here. I'm going to put on the visor, and you're going to see what I see on the screen here. And uh, keep in mind, I am the limiting factor. So if we don't get the IT part right, it's my <laughs> fault. But we will put up some kind of video that uh, maybe we've captured or something and let you see that also. Uh, and it, another thing that I'll speak to about your leadership is that when you assembled this team, these people didn't think twice. They said, absolutely, we want to support you in this. And that's because of so many roles you've held at the airline. Uh, you were an assistant chief pilot. I already mentioned you were an instructor and worked in the training department. And uh, so what is your what is your next step for this? I understand you're traveling a lot, attending a lot of shows. You want to tell us yeah, some of the places so you've been and attended? Um, Boy, last year was really busy with shows. We were at the World Aviation Training Symposium. We were at IITSEC. We were at EOTS. We were at the London World Aviation Festival um, and many other little, uh, you know, little conventions, but mighty, you know, for example, sustainability convention. Hey, if, you're, if you want your training department to be more green, Get your pilots in the headset. Let them travel into the training department less. This is a completely mobile, tetherless device. You don't need a computer. You don't even need Wi-Fi. So, you know, all this talk about green, you know, hydrogen fuel and, and, and green. Sure. All right. Well, let's see. That's just absolutely incredible. Well, I tell you what, uh, as we close out the interview, Evie, I'm going to give you the opportunity to look into that camera and tell people what you would want them to know about your company, why you would enjoy working with them, why they would enjoy working with you, and how you could help their company. And after that, we'll attempt the demo. So go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Um, boy, we are in an incredibly accelerated growth phase right now. And there are so many fishing poles in the water and there's a lot of nibbling. We are looking at, at making quite a bit of money this year. And hopefully the airlines with the insights and the training organizations who are willing to step further into that pond um, will join us and we will train pilots the way pilots learn rather than force pilots to learn in a way that is inadequate. That's fantastic. And uh, we will edit, uh, we'll put it at the bottom of the screen, your website. The website is vtrvr.com, and that's vtrvr.com. And uh, Evie, why don't you tell us how someone would contact you if they uh, want to contact you? So through the website would be great. There is a um, contact number and information from there. And, you know, we are looking for all sorts of talent, mostly somebody who is excited about what we're doing, the vision forward. I've only told you a little piece of 
what is what is happening and we see this as not only a procedural trainer to start but then you know working as a crew environment and then doing in-flight scenarios and CRM um, scenarios there's really an unlimited amount of things you can do in the headset to make pilots better faster that's fantastic so I guess we can uh, start the demo phase now. How do you want to do this? We have the headset here in front of us. And uh, do you want me to just we pick do. it up cold and put it on? Is it ready to go? Or do you so need to get it set up and started? I, or? I think that they wanted to uh, make it go on to the TV so the audience could see it. So okay. let's uh, let's do that. Make sure we got that, we have that right. And then we'll, we'll get your reaction in, okay, the, in well, the headset. Through the magic of television... Uh, at no time will my hand leave my wrist, but uh, we'll take a pause and let the, the technology people get the, the screen set up and uh, I'll get set up and we'll be right back. So Mike, are you ready to give it a shot? I think I am. All right, get ready to get yourself back in the 737. Here's what happens though, with your experience, you put it on and because it's so immersive, you really have like all of those years of flying that just come back to you really knocks the, the rust off and you know we have we have some rusty pilots out there right now occasionally i don't know why but i feel like i'm marching to the gallows here right now it reminds <laughs> me of a it reminds me of a captain i used to fly with as a first officer and uh, i trained him later he came to the training building and he was surprised that i was an instructor and he said what are you doing here and i said well i'm giving you your evaluation today and he said oh was i nice to you <laughs> <laughs> so, was I nice to you? Yes, yes. yes All were. right, let's get started. We're back and uh, ready to do this demo. What it, would you like me to do? It's so easy. The pilot gets this box. They take the headset out. They take the handsets out. They turn it on. They've watched a video, a little safety video on, hey, don't walk around with the headset on. No getting cups of coffee. Don't put it in direct sunlight, that kind of stuff. And then they just put it on. It's like a ski helmet. So, the, the back lifts up. There you go. And then you can put it to your face. If you want to keep your glasses on, that's fine. If you want to take them off, that's fine. It usually focuses two feet ahead. Now I'm just going to help you and give you your hands here. Um, hold on. That's the other hand. All right. Okay. So do you see the demo app? Yes, I do. Okay. And just, there you go. So it's launching. And it's going through a boot up just like any computer that you turn yeah. on that you're used to seeing. So reach out a there you go, pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, wait. I want to do, okay, so we I know need, what I want to do now. We need to adjust the yoke, right? So right. pull both triggers at the same time and hold them and now move your arms around. Okay. Interesting. So then you press complete. Do you see the little, it, I feel like the yoke is too close to you, is it? Okay. So the little white part of the finger needs to interact with that complete button. So go forward. Okay, there you go. I got it that mm -hmm. time. And I see training scenario one. Okay, but before we start, have a look around. Okay. Look behind you. Oh, wow. Look at that. 
Look at the door. Circuit breaker panel. This looks exactly like exactly like the airplane. I'm even looking outside on the ramp, and it looks like the ramp uh, looks like <laughs> while we're sitting there. Right. So go ahead and do training. So these things would be normally locked other than training scenario one. So it keeps everything in sequence. And we use educational scaffolding to make sure that the pilot is learning. So they do training scenario one twice, and then we check it. And if there's something that is, is an issue in the checking event, they go back to training. And they train and check and train and check till they're at 100%. So I'm not sure you can hear, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm looking at, but I'm actually looking at a flow, the items I would move as part of my before takeoff flow. There's a magenta line that connects. It goes to everything I'm supposed to do, just like I would study on that paper tiger that Evie described on the wall. This is incredible. Except you're in the flight deck. Like you literally forget that it's not real. Um, so much so as one day I, I was doing it and I, took the handset and I put it down in the center pedestal, only there is no center pedestal, <laughs> it wow. fell to the floor. So, I mean, the colors, even the colors of the flight deck uh, are realistic. It looks like a, a new airplane comes from the factory. Uh, the colors of green, the magenta colors that we're also used to seeing, uh, they, they look normal. I don't see any coffee stains, so that's a <laughs> we're bit, uh, unrealistic, that. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just joking there. So we're at screen now where I'm ready to begin. Yep. Go ahead and begin. This is so intuitive. Okay, it's asking me to set the flaps. Okay, and I've set the flaps, the needle's moved. It tells me it's indicating. Can we just pause there for a second? So what you just did is you not only train the pilot's eyes to look at the flap gauge after they they set the flaps but you verified it with that circle that the pilots did first time we're able to do that think about the thousands of visual um verifications that we do as pilots that whole vvm you know mm -hmm. it is so important and uh, I'll, I'll let you keep going. But VVM is a term we use. It's verbalize, verify, and monitor. We verbalize what we're going to do. The other pilot verifies. We both verify that we did it. And then while I'm actually flying the airplane, the other pilot is the monitor. They are the mon we call them the monitoring pilot. Go ahead, Evie. So um, go ahead and go ahead set and your yeah stab trim. Now we're still programming this. If you look at your stab trim, go ahead okay. and your trigger yeah it has to be with your finger i know it's a little on there it goes you'll notice the muscle memory mm -hmm. is exactly what you need in the in the flight deck it's the cockpit geometry okay it's asking me for the flight control check now do you want me to do that mm -hmm. oh okay Oh, look at me. I'm putting my feet on the rudders. I'm kicking the table here. This is so fabulous. realistic. Now you're just going to reach down and touch that bullet because we don't really have a way okay. to have the rudder pedals, right? So, okay. so reach down and touch. You're going to see a bullet by your right hand toward, okay. toward the rudder pedals. So think of it as like, oh, there oh, it is. I see it. Yeah, there it is bullet. right down there. Well, I got my hand hooked on the yoke. Now I'm going down. This is amazing. 
All right, that's it. Training successful. Great. Um, and there's I guess tons we can... of modules in there. There's tons of training in there. We take um, the overhead panel and we go through every switch and every light in the overhead panel. And literally a pilot could just sit there and look at the overhead panel and make sure they know what their work environment is, every inch of their work environment. This has uh, everything. This is so familiar then. Uh, I don't know, it's probably been uh, two years since I've been in an airplane. And uh, this is just like I got out of it yesterday. It comes back so easily. This is an incredible product. And um, so what do you want me to do now? <laughs> It's whatever you want to do. I'll you, tell you what I'll do. I'll take it off. Okay. And uh, I'll hold those. And I'll do this. Good job. Oh, I want to put this back on. <laughs> this is an incredible product. Uh, I can see so many uses for this. Uh, Ebby, this is amazing. And Thank it doesn't you. surprise me that uh, you're involved in this and that you started this up. But this is absolutely amazing. And this is what we need. And this is going to change not only the way airlines train, this is going to increase the level of safety that is already at a very high level uh, at the airlines, but this is going to uh, increase it and make pilots safer and ultimately make the flying public safer also. So exactly. thank you for being a guest. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you. It's thank a pleasure you so to see you again. Me. It was wonderful to be here. And I, I, I appreciate you making the effort to come all the way here. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching the show Cornerstone. And uh, thank you. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show and found something of value to help with the challenges you face as a leader. Please feel free to share this show with your friends on social media. And don't forget to visit my website, thegrowthfacilitator.com. And while you're there, book a free call with me. We'll see you next time on Cornerstone.